0: Well, hi, my name is Mark. Welcome to Unbiased. It's January the 26th. It's a Thursday. Um, it's about to start snowing in Budapest, which is, uh, I suppose, a good thing. Something was, uh, happened yesterday in the Hungarian parliament, um, which isn't always the most exciting place, but basically one member of a political party switched over to another. Um, and that triggered something for me in my head. Um, so the politician in question, he moved over to DK. And DK, um, for those of you who've been following Hungarian politics at all, it's the political party of Ferenc Djurgián and his wife. Um, So take that for what it is. Um, But actually, speaking of DK, so DK was in the opposition, and in some sense, it was the unofficial head of the opposition, as far as parties go. Um, While the leader might have been MZP, or Markizai Péter, Um, The actual party in charge, I felt anyway, was DK. And um, DK are quite wily, so they're quite good at sort of pushing some sort of message. They're quite good at making themselves feel bigger than they actually are. Um, I'll speak more about the election in a longer video. But um, the thing that that, that came to mind when I heard about this um, politician switching parties, is that DK now goes around and it keeps on calling itself and it's being referred to as the shadow government. This is completely new. So the term shadow government, at least I've never heard it in the last 12 years. So, um, but I grew up in England and in England we're absolutely used to it because what we, we had there were effectively most of the time two political parties, the Conservatives and Labour. And each of them put forward a cabinet before an election. Um, When parliament is underway, each party has um, a a minister of sorts uh, dealing with a specific area. So the shadow term I'm used to, but it was um, introduced, I think, in November or October last year. They started saying that we're the shadow government. And I was trying to think to myself, well, who's this for? Because it's not for Hungarians. Hungarians don't think of shadow this or shadow that. Um, so it's just something that, that they introduced and started doing for their, for their backers abroad, I think. And also, um, when people search uh, for Hungarian politics, and uh, they might search for the term shadow and they'll come up with DK and then they'll think, oh yeah, they're the number two party. And I don't think they are. Um, lots of things happened because of the big coalition um, during the elections. But the biggest story, at least for me, was how one party uh, went from being um, probably the second most popular party in Hungary, and that would be Jobbik. That went from having 10% maybe of the share of the votes, or maybe even a little bit more, um, down to zero overnight. And why did that happen? It happened because they got into bed with DK, who, is, who at least is led, in their opinion, by someone called George Chan. And, um, at the same time, because this happened, you had lots of Jobbik voters, lots of Jobbik supporters. Well, you know, they, I think they took a vow for life that they'd never vote for George Chang. And what did they do? Well, they had to look for another option. And then the option they came up with was Miha Zhang. So if you look at the figures for the previous election, what you see is effectively Miha Zang taking all the votes um, from Jobbik. Yobik started from 10 or something like that and went to zero and uh, Miha Zang went from zero um, and up. And in fact, uh, Miha Zang did well enough to get into Parliament without being a member of this huge opposition party, without having the help of all the other political parties who step, uh, who stepping aside to allow them to compete for one seat on their own. That didn't happen. Um, so Miha Zang has to be respected as a political party. Also, towards the end of COVID, They were the only political party that was saying, stop the vaccines. Vaccines are a personal choice. Uh, We can't be a a nation that forces vaccines upon upon its citizens. We just can't do that. They were the only one who did that. And again, that is something definitely, definitely to be respected. Um, That's one thing. And and the other thing is, again, somewhere on my Twitter timeline, um, uh, I got news again, or I, I read about, sort of the EU corruption scandal. Um, it's big news here in Hungary because Hungary is always uh, being labeled as a place that's very corrupt. Now, there is cronyism in Hungary. That's that, that can't be, that just can't be sort of, we can't pretend that doesn't exist. But there's cronyism everywhere. So um, that doesn't mean it's a good thing anywhere, but it happens everywhere. So that sort of bothers me uh, not very much. Um, When it comes to corruption, however, um, generally when uh, Hungary is being referred to as corrupt, most of the time it's to do with the elections, it's to do with voting, it's to do with that that sort of thing. Um, And the Hungarian democratic process is a clean democratic process. Unlike the United States, for example, we can actually carry out an election in a day. And because there are so many people I know who actually went to sort of polling stations because they were sure that Fidesz was going to cheat somehow, or local election officials were going to cheat. Uh, I know lots of people who detest Fidesz, and they took up these uh, volunteer positions to go help count votes. All power to them, that's a great thing to do, Um, that's fantastic, take part in the democratic process. But they came back and they said, no, you know, nothing untoward what happened. We lost because we lost and we lost because we sucked. Um, But in Europe, uh, there uh, by that I mean the EU and Brussels, there is a crisis that's deepening to do with various European MPs who seem to have been receiving money from Middle Eastern countries to do stuff. So uh, this is Qatar, I think. Um, They receive money to sort of do stuff, and that's that's not a good thing. Um, But what came up on my timeline was, of course, to do with the COVID vaccine. And um, the COVID vaccine, especially now that we know um, that Pfizer basically put something on the market that didn't work, and they might have even been working on new variants of COVID so that they could come out with a vaccine at the same time. Although that's not sure, I just saw a Veritas video earlier today. However, what is clear that Pfizer, and we're talking uh, Pfizer in Europe, um, specifically when it comes to uh, the EU, Um, They had uh, an advantage because the husband of Ursula von von der Leyen is a businessman who works in the field of pharmaceuticals and is effectively uh, working for an offshoot of Pfizer. Mm, Did that influence things? You know, people are people, so I'd say yes. Um, What makes it more likely that it influenced things is that the entire communication between Ursula von der Leyen and the CEO of Pfizer, at least a lot of it, took place via SMS. Sort of a normal way to communicate in the 21st century, you know, less people want to talk, more people want to write, that's OK. So they're writing it to each other. And um, then when this sort of uproar came about, that actually Pfizer, they they got the 35 billion billion euro contract from the EU for vaccines, um, People wanted to know, well, how did this deal take place? And what actually happened is that Ursula von der Leyen was speaking with, her, with the CEO of Pfizer. Um, when she was asked for her SMSs, uh, her communication with, between her and him, she told them effectively uh, a version of, well, the dog ate my homework. I couldn't find them, I deleted them, oops, by accident. And that's the end of that. And that's the shocking, the shocking bit. So it's, it's one thing that, that, that politicians are corrupt. We know that politicians are corrupt. It's another thing to, to know that if you're standing close to the fire where there's an enormous pot of money, you know, some people, unfortunately, will dip into that pot of money for, their, for themselves. However, what's, a, what's tragic uh, about this and what's sort of bad about this is that the way that it's, it's ignored, again, um, makes people believe, makes me believe, um, that something super dodgy happened. Super dodgy happened. And when someone or an organization behaves in a horribly corrupt way, like the EU seems to have been behaving, or like Ursula von der Leyen seems to be behaving, then a country like Hungary, which is often assumed being corrupt, can quite rightly ask, and it is not whataboutism, but hey, if you're you know, the parent, if you are the person who is giving me instructions on how to behave, um, you know, it's not enough to say, well, do as I say, not as I do. That's not the world we live in. Um, so that's, um, that's quite dodgy. I wonder what will happen with, with that. I'm guessing absolutely nothing. I'm guessing you know, we, we haven't heard anything about it. There are some things that you know, obviously take place and then we forget about them because that's okay. And I think this is uh, one of those. However, I'm pretty sure um, Hungary will keep, um, hold, uh, keep using this anytime there is an issue with the EU, specifically to do with Ursula von der Leyen. And that's a good thing. But then again, I would say that because I'm, hum- I'm unbiased. More tomorrow.